welcome to this episode of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast. This is a sample of our recent bonus episode, usually only available to members. These episodes are comprised of our crew of researchers, Amanda and myself, all getting together for a roundtable discussion on topics that we find interesting. So here's a few minutes for free so you can know what all the fuss is about. I have a, a fresh new Words Matter segment. This is, I think, of all the linguistic recurring segments we have, the Words Matter is people's favorite. That's my, <laughs> that's my interpretation. Survey says, yeah. And so today we're going to be talking about vocatives, which... I, you know, as with so many parts of language, you know what they are, but you, even if you don't know what they're called, and that, that was the case for me, like, you know, you asked me what evocative was, and I wouldn't have been able to tell you, but evocative is a direct address form. So it's something that targets a person uh, that's receiving it, and, and it can stand on its own. And so a person's name is evocative, but then also things like sir, mister, boy, kid, all those things are are vocatives that you could say at a person and it is understood that you're referring to that person. And so the book takes this, uh, the, the book is words matter. Um, and I, I've been reading this book as slowly as I've read maybe any book ever. <laughs> I haven't been stretching these segments out just for fun. <laughs> it's really that I set it down for a couple of months at a time and, and pick it up every once in a while. So the book explains vocatives and then pivots into a discussion about power and solidarity. And so it explains that power and solidarity are terms for two very general features of social relationships. Power is an asymmetric relation. Power is one way only conceptualized vertically. Solidarity is symmetric relations go in both directions and reciprocity is called for. So the bottom line is that it matters how we address one another because it is intrinsically intertwined with how we relate communally uh, with each other, basically. Um, and all of this is fundamental to either building solidarity or maintaining hierarchies of power. And so the most classic example is the one given in the book where a cop, and this is, you know, years ago, but it doesn't have to be years ago, a, you know, cop uh, speaking to a black man and the classic exchange where the cop refers to the man as boy and the man is obligated by self-preservation to refer to the cop as sir. And, uh, you know, and then, and then the same goes for choosing language that can establish hierarchy when speaking to someone with whom you wish to establish solidarity, right? Like you'd want to do whatever the opposite of sir and boy is. If you want to form solidarity, you would go with that. And, and so actually our transcriptionist friend, Ben, who volunteers for the show, in addition to being a working class hero and uh, activist extraordinaire, he is in the habit. I just happen to know because we're in like chat groups and a new person will come into the chat group and Ben will always, or, you know, usually uh, welcome them with the vocative friend. And so I wondered like, 
what got him started doing that. Like, I, I thought it was great. It's like super friendly, but knowing just a little bit about Ben's background, like, I bet, I bet there's something deeper here. And so I asked, and so Ben says, I think I started saying that a few years ago, coinciding with my involvement in local activism. It's something that several of others in my organization do as a way of being welcoming because a lot of the people that come to organizing, at least in my experience, tends to be awkward and shy. We want to make sure they feel comfortable and know that they are with people who have their back. We try to make them feel included right from the beginning. I guess I've expanded that out to other circles of my life. Cool. Exactly. I was like, bingo. You, <laughs> you've nailed it exactly right, whether you know it or not, whether you have the like linguistic background and the research <laughs> that explains how to build solidarity or not. That is exactly what they're doing. And I, I love that example. It is the less scary comrade, right? Like that's, yeah. you know, comrade <laughs> yeah. has the, the, the stink of the fear of communism on it, but mm-hmm. on somebody, a friend, same exact thing is inclusive. It automatically puts you on the same level. Uh, I, I think a lot of like what we're missing with, you know, a loss of religiosity or whatever is a, a lot of that f- sense of community and the uh, churches, some like the churches that are more welcoming, call people brother, sister, like mm. now you're part of the family. It's even more inclusive, more bond forming. And we need something like that. And friend says, it's, it's so simple. It's such a great way to talk to anybody. Like it, it's really like we should incorporate that more in our daily lives. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, you, you're definitely going to get some pushback from people who are weirded out by it and say, like, "Hey, we're not, <laughs> we're not friends." But yeah, sort of a you know, rather than innocent until proven guilty, it's like a friend until proven otherwise. It says <laughs> Will Ferrell, the elf. A stranger's <laughs> just a friend I haven't met yet. Exactly. Oh, so timely for the holiday yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> Well played, well played. Uh, and, and so Amanda and I had an interesting experience with a, with a, um, a Scottish cab driver. And we were talking about Americans in general, like Americans who come to Scotland. And he said, he said that he's always had good experiences with Americans. They're always perfectly lovely and nice, which I'm sure is true. He probably wasn't lying to us. But he said, I wish they'd stop calling me, sir. <laughs> and yeah. and and th- that was like a little window into a, a cultural divide where you know because of course americans riding in a taxi calling the driver sir is i mean i know from cultural exp- experience that's not like said ironically or anything like that like right. it really is meant to convey like i respect you and your work and i appreciate you getting us to our destination safely safely right like that's kind of what that means but apparently there they really don't say that and it's like no no no, don't don't put me on a different level than you that's yeah and they're they're fighting some you know heavy class dynamics in the uk that you know not that we don't have any but they have more complex layers that are 
extremely deep and uh, long suffering. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> for sure. I've got uh, so personal example. Like uh, I, I brought up the church example of you know calling calling each other brother and sister. There is like a like a sly kind of negative to that specific word when a white man with a certain accent mm. calls me brother <laughs> a little too often. Like oh, man. that does not feel like inclusive or <laughs> like joining. It's it's very I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a the darker side to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so is is it a darker side or is it or is it just because it's flipped because a white guy talking to you is not so much inviting you in as mm-hmm. he is asking, can I join your club? <laughs> right. Is, is that like can depending I, can, on the context? I, uh, I mean, well, of course, but I, um, in, in this in certain contexts, absolutely not. That's not as what that's not what's being asked. But okay. I, I guess that could be the case. But yeah, I don't feel that's <laughs> that's that's the way it's taken on my end most of the time when that happens. Most of the time, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I mean, there's, you know, for for white people who really don't want to be racist, even if you know the the, the most enlightened ones who who are like, I know I can't get away from it entirely, but I really don't want to be. That, that there's this sort of low level stress of of like. How can I convince others that I'm one of the good ones? Mm. <laughs> and, and so I, I sort of thought like that might be one of those ways, like calling a calling a person of color yeah. brother. Like, yeah, eh? it's very you, very misguided. You but. see, you <laughs> see what I'm doing here? You're like, I'm I'm on your side. Like, when the yeah. race war comes, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's possible. Well, I guess it d- it depends, right? Because I I feel like when you say a white person with a certain accent, I think you I think you're conveying a, a different kind of person than a um, white person who is like aware of racial dynamics mm-hmm. and what's going on. Am I am I right? You're, you're talking about someone else. A hundred percent. Yeah. But what about all those people on TikTok? Who have an accent and rail against racism? Those are your favorite people. They, they don't people, call the me brother. They would not right. call me brother. <laughs> no, they would not. They'd probably just call oh. me Dion. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. But by, by the way, I, I just want to point out. So I, I had a revelation about the coming race war recently. Dion, I think I heard. Great. <laughs> I love when Jay has revelations just, about the coming race war. <laughs> so casually That's my talking other about favorite segment of the show. Future genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Dion, I think I already I said this to you, but like the the missing link or the the like misunderstanding that the white supremacists like not the only misunderstanding that the white supremacists have, just to be clear, <laughs> but one of the major misunderstandings that white supremacists have when whenever they try to start a race war by you know committing a mass shooting is that what they don't realize is that it's not going to be a race war. It's going to be a racism war. It's not going to be the white versus everyone else. It's going to be the racists versus everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if they knew that, they would stop having so much hope that that would go well for them. (laughs) 
I don't know if I've heard it framed that way before, but that that's that's a much better, like more positive on like our side kind of way to frame <laughs> right. it. Like, you know what? Yeah, the, there aren't that many of them. No, right. they, they really are the minority. They don't realize it, mm-hmm. but they definitely are. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there is like that delusion that like, you know, those other whites will figure it out. They'll come. They'll be on our side. Like, no, right, they, no, they won't. Yeah. Yeah, no. no, they they really won't. I mean, that that definitely is part of the delusion. But I mean, like, even if they have that delusion, they're like, no, that like they'll come around, or like they're all secretly as racist as me, but they're just virtue signaling or whatever. But, like, we just need to convince them, like, no, no, we're gonna keep virtue signaling so hardcore that we would fight against you in that war because we don't, because like we might be as racist as you, but we are definitely not going to admit it. And <laughs> you just gotta like crush that I mean, hope out of them. Go so far not to admit it that you will <laughs> fight right. on the wrong side <laughs> in the race war. <laughs> yeah, circling back a little bit to vocatives, we're not we're, it's, we're not too far off because we're still talking about racism. This isn't in the book, but what it got me thinking about was Muhammad Ali. Because a few years ago, I did a deep dive. I mean, like maybe a documentary had come out and I watched an older documentary and sort of just dove in on his life a bit. And what comes up over and over again is particularly conservative, particularly conservative politicians would continue to refer to him as Cassius Clay after he had changed his name. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they did that because he was black. Maybe they did that because he was Muslim. Maybe he did it because he was against the Vietnam War. Most likely it was all three. But the point is that this is another instance. It's not sir versus boy, but it might as well be. It's, oh, you've told me what you want to be called. I'm going to not do that. And it's a power which, play. Which is what happens with trans people all the time. Exactly. Exactly. No, it, it, that's that was the the next place I wanted to tie it to. It's like basically any time someone says this is what I want to be called, like, are there counterexamples? Are there instances where it's like, no, that's not okay. We're not going to call you that. I mean, maybe, but as a general rule, call people what they want to be called. I've tried very hard to understand the the need to like defend civilization through two genders, the binary thing. And it doesn't make any sense the that backlash that push without the power dynamic. Like there is no other way that makes sense. Like yeah. why someone that you will probably never meet will never like the rare opportunity that you even see them in your community that makes you that upset that you cannot possibly call them what they want to be identified as doesn't make any sense without power because that's just mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, something about feeling so uncomfortable with their existence, <laughs> whether it be a black Muslim who opposes the Vietnam war or a trans person or you know anyone else that, yeah, you have to try to push them down by using whatever power dynamics you can. Yeah. And what it really is, is it's dismissing them. I mean, that's how I see it when we talk about the trans community. It's like, I don't want to like what I, what you're doing and how you're living your life. seems silly to me or, you know, incorrect or whatever. And so I'm just like 
demeaning it and making it seem like nothing by not acknowledging what you are asking me to do or what you're how you're asking me to call you and and by making it seem small and like you're just squabbling over something silly i can you know they that person can be pushed down and you know made to feel that they don't really matter or that their you know identity doesn't matter and who they are doesn't matter that's it for today's free sample there's lots more of that particular episode there's also a brand new episode just out that you haven't heard any of yet, as well as there being dozens of past bonus episodes that you get access to in your feed the minute you sign up as a new member. Pain members are who make this entire show possible, and so these bonus episodes are a fun way to say thanks to them for their support. In addition to those full bonus episodes, members also get bonus clips in every single regular episode, as well as there being no ads in the regular show. If you would like to be our newest member, you can sign up at bestoftheleft.com slash support. You can use our Patreon page, or you can do it from right inside the Apple Podcast app, and links to get there are right in our show notes. We usually run a membership drive during the summer, but things were too busy for us this year, and so we did not do that and wish we had. We're really feeling a bit of the squeeze right now as the year comes to a close, and so we could really use your support right now. If you've been thinking about or meaning to sign up as a member, now would be a great time. And if you're making your list of year-end contributions, we can't offer you a tax break for your membership, but I hope you'll consider us a worthy investment anyway. And if you can't afford membership, I offer free financial hardship memberships. Just drop me an email to j at bestoftheleft.com and we will get you set up, no questions asked. Or again, to sign up and support the show and our ability to give away free financial hardship memberships, visit us at bestoftheleft.com slash support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.